The following program is sponsored by Friends of Life Outreach International. Coming up on Life Today. It's not just our passions. It's not just our personality. It's also our pain. Mm. Yes. That there's platforms that God gives us that are built off of our pain. Aaron Burke helps you understand the unfair advantage in God's plan for your life. It was the unfair thing that I went through that set me up for the purpose that God had for my life. So you're going to go through trials and you're going to go through hard times. Why not figure out how to use it for God's glory? Welcome to Life Today. I'm Randy Robinson. Tammy's with me. Good Yay, to see you. Good to see you. Yeah, glad you made it this week. I know, me too. <laughs> a little dicey. It's a close call. <laughs> yeah, little, some fun uh, travel this Ooh. week. But you know what? We're glad you're here mm-hmm. as well. And you know, in, in life, a lot of times we go through things that can hold us back. And we feel like we're hampered. And Tammy, today's guest, he has this twist on, on this whole thing. It's a good twist. It is a good twist. The book is called The Unfair Advantage. It's written by Aaron Burke. He's the lead pastor of Radiant Church in Tampa Bay. And you know, Aaron, welcome to the show. I am so honored to be here. It, Long time viewer and to think to be on this stage, I feel like I got to pinch myself. Like this is a big deal. I'll pinch you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Let yeah, me pinch do. you. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, when we, we talked online recently yeah. and I, I, I really like where you're coming from because so many people see things in their lives that are disqualifiers or, you know, just making me incapable of doing what God's called me to do. But you, you've got a good take on this. And I want to go into that, but I have to ask you first. Yeah. Is this something you've experienced in your own life? It is my entire story. I think it's everybody's story. We all have those moments where we look at it and we go, this is just plain unfair. Mm -hmm. But what I've realized with God is we live life forward But we understand it backwards, don't we? When we get past it, we go, oh, it was necessary. Mm -hmm. This whole thing started when I'm praying for one of our uh, girls on staff. She's gone through tragedy after trauma, um, issues with her parents, um, going through terrible divorce, a lot of situations. And as I was praying for her, I kept saying, it's unfair. It's unfair Mm -hmm. what you've gone through. Mm -hmm. It's unfair how they treated you. It's unfair how you were overlooked. And as I said it, I felt the Holy Spirit speak so clearly and said, Aaron, it's unfair but it's for her advantage. And I stopped for a second and I wrote down that phrase, the unfair advantage. And I looked at it and I realized that, man, there are times in our life that I don't believe God causes it, but that God can use every unfair thing that we've gone through for the advantage that he has for our life. And that started doing some research, like an unfair advantage. I was thinking about like, what are some practical examples? You know, if you want to be in the NBA, uh, there's a one in a million shot that your viewers right now are going to be in the NBA. One in a million. You're not going to make it, okay? (laughs) So I looked at that and I go, but what are the chances if you're above seven feet tall? It goes from one in a million to one in six. Really? One in six. Really? So you got to think that... over seven feet tall is unfair. You can't sit on an airplane properly. You have to duck when you go underneath the door. You don't have a bed that actually fits you, but you can make millions of dollars in the NBA. If you can deal with the unfair thing properly, you can walk into the advantage that can be taken with it. Mm. It's the same thing with all of our life. If you learn how to leverage and handle the unfair scenarios that come our way, then you can walk into an advantage and walk into the purpose that God has for your life. And that's what I try to outline in the, whole, in the book. Have you, okay, there's so much joy in your life. Yeah. <laughs> and you talk about praying for, for that girl. And, and I want to ask you like, about you personally. Do sure. you feel like growing up, 
in your adult life that you had some really unfair moments in your life where you just thought, God, this is just not fair. And I don't know how to define an advantage in this unfairness. Okay. So I got saved at 16 years old, radically transformed. I was the worst kid in my class, worst kid in my youth group that I was at. And God got a hold of my life. And at 16 years old, I mean, I went all in, started a Bible study on my little high school campus. And a few months later, I get expelled from high school. Can all I right, ask now, why? Okay. Can I ask why? I, I really want to know. I don't want to throw the guy <laughs> under the bus, but it was wrongfully done. Like okay. it was not, I didn't do anything crazy, but I got expelled. I got expelled a month before my senior, uh, the end of my junior year, before I go into my senior year. I was just voted the senior class president. I was like, I was thriving. I felt like I was living in God's plan and everything went wrong. Found myself eating by myself in another school, um, just lonely, depressed. And I was so frustrated with God that I felt like it was unfair. It was yeah. unfair that I was doing the right thing and had these terrible consequences. Most of it was because of stuff I did before I got saved. And the situation when is that my senior year of high school where I was going to be involved in my school, I decided to do college credit instead, go and do my classes on the college campus. Did that, got a year of college done before I graduated high school. Well, then I go to college. I graduate college in three years instead of four years. I feel a call of God on my life, called to be a missionary, wanted to go overseas and, and help people around the world. On the day of my graduation, the director of the missions department walks up to me. I'm about to walk on the stage and graduate and says, there's an opportunity that's opened up in South Asia. It's right after the big tsunami that hit, remember, end of 2004, yeah. wiped out the little island country of the, called Sri Lanka. And he said, there's an opportunity, but you'd have to leave in three weeks. All your expenses paid. We'll give you a salary. We want you to be there to minister on that island. Can you go? And I remember having a moment right there going, the only reason I can go is because I graduated in three years instead of four years. Hmm. The only reason I graduated in three years instead of four years is because I took those college classes. The only reason I did that is because I got expelled. Wow. The only, it was the unfair thing that I went through that set me up for the purpose that God had for my life. Right. I was thinking about with my dad. My dad, he, he's like the ultimate business guy. And I said, Dad, how did you learn? He can sell anything. He can sell an icy to a, a you know, snowman. Like he's just so good. And I said, how did you learn this? And he said um, his parents uh, went through ter terrible substance abuse, a lot of issues, and his dad was a compulsive, terrible gambler, gambled all their money away, and he would come home and there was no food in the fridge and living on the streets of Hialeah. And he said, I would have to go and I'd have to find some mangoes or some avocados and I would find them and I would go to the corner and I'd start selling them. And I realized I could sell, you know, four of them, I mean, sell them for a quarter a piece or three for a uh, four for a dollar or something, you know, like do it some kind of deal. And he'd find a way to do it. And with that, he said, I learned how to do sales through the unfair scenario I went through. And I wonder how many people are watching this right now that are going, what I'm in right now is not right. I'm angry about it. I'm frustrated about it. Maybe it's the loss of a relationship, a diagnosis that they never expected. And they look at that and they go, there can't be purpose to it. The whole purpose of this book is to say, there's a purpose to the pain. Um, sometimes we won't figure it out until we get to heaven one day. Yeah. But, but I right. believe you can walk into purpose now. And that's what I do. I show the life of Joseph. You know, Joseph's one of our favorite characters in the Bible. You know, the Old Testament story, this guy who gets a dream in his heart at 17 years old, gets this desire to do something great, and everything goes wrong. Right. What do you do when everything goes wrong? I mean, you got to think, he, his family doesn't believe in him. He's sold into slavery. He's working for no pay. He gets wrongfully accused by Potiphar's wife. Um, you know, Potiphar, in this scenario with his wife, gets thrown into prison. 
It's unfair, unfair, unfair. And yet it led to his destiny. Yes. And I just wonder how many yes. people it is the pain that you're going through mm-hmm. that if you can learn to leverage it will lead mm-hmm. you to the destiny God Amen. has for you. Yeah, there's some interesting sure. things about Joseph you talk about that I want to I want to circle back to, but there's also something you say that I think is important uh, because you talk about victims versus visionaries. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times we are victimized in life, but you you suggest in the book that you don't have to live there. You don't have to live there. You know, we can make it all about this bad thing happened to me, or you can sit there and go, what is it about this bad thing that could be used for a greater purpose? See, that's that's big. I think it's huge. Um, You know, you got to think of the worst trials that are out there that people have gone through them. I was a youth pastor for years and I had two different families lose 16 year olds to cancer. Hmm. Tragic. You got to think the worst scenario anybody can go through. And in those moments, I saw how two different sets of believers made two different choices. One of them to live so broken in their grief and as a victim going, we'll never move on past this. Mm -hmm. And um, years later, I mean, probably 15 years past it, I still follow that family. And it's and it's they've never been able to get a vision of how even in that trial that God could use it for a greater purpose. Mm -hmm. But the other family, I saw them grieve. It's horrible. You never really get past that loss. Mm -hmm. But they learn how to walk, as you said, as a visionary to go. But what could God do to use it? Mm. And now that family is serving in youth ministry going, even though we don't have our 16 year old, we're going to invest in other 16 year olds. And we're going to we're going to show how to really help families during that time. And I thought how beautiful it is to use our pain for a greater purpose. But you've got to see past what you're going through. It's, it's Joseph's story. It's mm-hmm. He had to see past his current scenario and go, I'm trusting that despite what looks like chaos, that God's got a plan. Yes. Yes, he does. And, you know, I've often said, even in my own story, Aaron, like I'm finding um, I'm finding the purpose in my pain. Yeah. But I like I heard you once say, like, but how do we find like well, how do we find that? How do yep. we find the purpose in our pain, not just focus on the pain? And so I think for me, that's something that I've had to do. Choices. It's mm-hmm. all been a choice. Yep. And you're right that 22 years later, I can look back too right. and see God's hand in every season of my life. Right. Now, I didn't see it immediately, right. but I dreamed again. Just like Joseph, I dreamed again. I finally got to a place in my life where I wanted to dream again. And so I did. And in that season, I I was beginning to see new life Mm -hmm. coming forth from within me and new things to say and new ways to minister to somebody. Why? Because I had gone through this and I wanted to use it for God's good. I just wonder if there's people watching even right now that you've gone through trauma, you've gone through trials and you've been so defeated. Mm -hmm. And the word from God today, is dream again, like, like have a moment where you do what Joseph did, where Joseph was discouraged. His brother said, there's no way that's going to happen. Yet the Bible says, and two verses later, it says, and Joseph dreamed again. He got a fresh vision to go, you know, despite what anybody else says, here's what God can do. And I'm just believing that God's not done with your life. If you got a pulse, God's still got a plan and that he can use this. I'm excited hearing people go through this book of people that are in their 60s, 70s and 80s going, oh, you mean that if God still got me on the planet, there's still a purpose to it. And even that trauma and trials I went through are part of it. Like, I just think we've missed this. We, We think so much that 
are, are, we've told people that the reason, the way you find out God's plan for your life is you look at your passions and you look at your personality. So what are those things that make you come alive? And then how did God design you? Like, what is, what's that personality? And then I realized in researching this book and seeing people all throughout the scriptures, seeing your stories, seeing our stories, it's not just our passions. It's not just our personality. It's also our pain. Mm. Yes. That there's platforms that God gives yes. us that are built off of our pain. So you went through that miscarriage and it's devastating. It's horrific. I'm not making light of it. What I'm saying is, is there a platform? Is there influence? Is there a way that God can even use that pain to do what he did with Joseph's life? That at the end of it, he said, what was meant to harm me, God intended for the good, which is of the saving of many lives. It's all eventually for his glory. So you're gonna go through trials and you're gonna go through hard times. Why not figure out how to use it for God's glory? Mm. Yes. Yeah. There's something else you said that I'd never heard before, and we'll go ahead and stick with the alliteration here. Okay. Because a lot of times we see the the unfair thing as as our prison, right? Which it was for Joseph, literally, but it was also preparation. It was. Mm. Right. It was. And I didn't know this about the Egyptian prison system. Yep. Tell us about that. Okay. So if you don't know Joseph's story, it's wild. Joseph goes from he he's he gets a dream. Nobody believes in it. He gets rejected. He gets, you know, sold into slavery. He's in Potiphar's house working for nothing. It's all unfair. And then he gets thrown into prison for doing the right thing, right. which is shocking. Most people would have said, okay, you do the right thing. You stand for integrity. Then you get promoted. He didn't. He got thrown into prison for 10 years. Scholars say out of the 13 years of Joseph's story, we see from the dream to him running um, Egypt, There's 13 years. There are 10 years of it. He's in prison. Mm. 10 years. 10 years is a long time to be in prison. So I started doing research. God, why would you have put Joseph in prison for 10 years? So I started investigating what is prison 4,000 years ago. It's not like prison today. Prison today is punishment. 4,000 years ago, prison was a reprogramming. What they thought is if you steal, then you don't know what it means to be a good Egyptian. So we're going to put you in a scenario where we're going to bring educators around you to teach you and reprogram you on what Egyptians do. Because as Egyptians, we don't steal. So that's what they would do. Their prisons, prison, uh, the people that are in prisons. So what do we do about it? Joseph is a guy who's from hundreds of miles away. He gets a dream of him ruling and reigning. He doesn't know the language. He doesn't know the culture. He doesn't know the customs. And God puts him in prison. He puts him in school. Mm-hmm. It's, it's remarkable. Yes. And not just any. He puts him where the best educators would have gone because that's where Pharaoh's prisoners would have gone. Yeah. Pharaoh's officials mm-hmm. went. So he's in this for 10 years. You got to think after 10 years, Joseph graduates with a doctorate degree on what it means to be an Egyptian. Wow. Yeah. He thought it was wasted. It was not mm. wasted. Nothing is wasted with God. Mm. In those seasons that we are behind the scenes and we feel like nobody sees me, nobody recognizes me, God's working behind the scenes. You remember years ago when you would go and you would get your, uh, you'd take pictures on those little cameras and, and you know, you'd have to go and you have to get the film developed. Now, I know there's a whole audience that has no clue about what this means, <laughs> but back in my day, we'd have to get film developed. You go to your local drugstore and they would take the film and they would take the camera. You can't just open up the camera and the light because it would destroy it. Mm-hmm. Remember, they'd have to take it into a dark room. Mm-hmm. And what I saw is that it is always beautiful pictures that are developed in the dark rooms. Mm-hmm. It's the same with your life. Mm-hmm. The most beautiful things that God's going to do in your life 
are usually in the dark seasons of life. He develops us in those dark times so that when he does promote us, when he does give you that spouse that you're praying for, when he does give you those kids that you want so bad, when he does give you that church that you you just feel called the pastor, when you get there, then you're ready for what he has. We all we all love the promotion. We're not on board with the preparation. <laughs> no, and Joseph no. had to go through the preparation first. And haven't we all seen this with yes, our lives? Yes. Like, I look at my life and I go, oh, looking back, God was preparing me. Can I give a crazy story? This is a crazy thing. <laughs> I did an internship before I graduated. I wanted to be a missionary, wanted to preach all over the world. So I went to this church up in Portland, Oregon, that was known for missions work. And I said, I'm going to go and learn from them because a year later I'm going to graduate and I want to be, to, you know, go around the world. So I go to Portland, Oregon. I go to sit down with the pastor. He goes, great. We're glad you're going to intern with us. We're going to put you with the kids department. I said, no, I don't want anything to do with children, anything to do with children's ministry. I'm 20 years old. I know it's best. I said, I'm training to be an evangelist, a preacher around the world. Train me to preach. He goes, no, I'm going to put you for the next six weeks with our kids ministry. We're going to be putting on a VBS and you need to learn it. I was so angry. I remember sitting with that children's pastor for hours. He had terrible coffee breath. As I just listened to him talk about his passion for kids, and I couldn't stand it. For six weeks, we worked on this vacation Bible uh, school. All these kids, 300-something kids came in. I remember I built a volcano through uh, paper mache all summer long. I'm wasting my life building this volcano. We do this big VBS, put it on, I think, pointless time. A year later, I already gave you the story. Remember, the guy comes up to me and says, there's an opportunity for you to go overseas. You know what the job was? It was on a volcanic island in the Indian Ocean, this small island called Sri Lanka. And my job was to help pastor and minister to 5,000 kids that were affected by the tsunami. Wow. Wow. I get on the plane and I recognize God prepared me a year ago in the darkness of this little church in Oregon for what he had prepared for me in the future. Mm. I didn't recognize it. It was unfair. But then I had an advantage. Now I'm running 5,000 kids on this island. I go, I know what I'm doing. I've put on a VBS before. (laughs) Nothing's wasted with God. Mm. Everything that you're going through right now, if you'll learn in those seasons to ask the question, I always ask God two questions. Um, What are you trying to teach me and who are you trying to connect me with? Mm. When you're in a dark season, those are the two questions asked. What are you trying to teach me? Because there's something inside of us he's trying to teach us. He's always trying to develop us internally before he uses us externally. And then who is he trying to connect us with? The kingdom of God is built relationally. And you have no clue. Just like Joseph's story. Remember 10 years, he had to learn something and then he had to get connected with Pharaoh's officials. Mm. Both of them wouldn't have happened if he didn't go to the prison. Mm. Boy, that's that's encouraging. It's powerful truth, encouraging. And you know what? We have a situation right now where we look at it and we go, why is this going on? It's hugely unfair to these people that are suffering. And and I think it's a lot of what Aaron's talking about. And, And I think the reason is so we can rise up and be the people that God has called us to be since the foundation of the earth, especially when Jesus walked, when he said, don't forget the poor. Watch this and you'll see how you have been prepared to be the church. Clean water is essential for life. But if you don't have access to clean water, you are left with water that has the potential of stealing your life. Mothers worldwide continue to struggle with the fact that they have no choice but to drink contaminated water. I have seen no more water. 
There have been many women in this village at the same time that have lost children. And as I'm sitting here and I'm listening to Francine tell her story of how right now she lives with a constant fear. And yet I know she is a Christian and it is not God's will for her to live in fear. It's, that's, that's so so evident that it's not God's will. The scriptures tell us he hasn't given us a spirit of fear. But if you're in a situation like this where water is so scarce and whatever water you're getting is just, is you know it's contaminated. No matter how strong a faith you have, there's something in the background that taunts you that your next child's gonna die. You can make a difference. Your gift will change their children's future. I'm asking you from the bottom of my heart, please join with us, join with Water for Life. As the missions director of Life Outreach International, I commit to you, we will be faithful with whatever gift you give. That is my personal promise. It is the promise of James and Betty. You can count on that. We will be faithful with what you give. You can definitely count on that. It is a promise. I've been working with this beautiful ministry for over 15 years on the mission field. And I can tell you truthfully that it is a promise and it is something that we will see through to the very end. We won't stop. We won't give up until we can reach as many people as possible with this life-giving water. Fear, it's heavy. It's a really heavy burden to bury and to carry. There's many things in my life that uh, strike me um, with fear, but water's never been one of them. When we go over to these countries, that's the very thing we see on all of these mothers especially. It's heavy. The fear is deep. We try to pray over it and against it and push it away, and the reality is it's just there because the reality is that everywhere they look is bad, contaminated water. I'm asking you to come alongside us today. I know you hear us talk about this a lot, but we're going to keep talking about it because we know that there is a solution, and together we can help these families. We can help lift that burden of fear off of them, to give them something to be happy about, to dance about, to be joyful about. We want to give them life, life-giving water that would change everything for them. Our goal is 350 wells in 20 nations. Do you know what it takes? $48 will give water to 10 people for the rest of their lives. 144 will give water to 30. For $4,800, we could go in and drill a complete well that would change the lives of a thousand, at least a thousand people in those villages for the rest of their lives. I don't know about you, but if you ask me to be a part of something where I could give this one time and it could change somebody's life forever, then that's something, Randy, that I want to be a part of. And I know many of us have come together to be a part of something I like mean, that. Yeah, I mean, the, the whole reason you do what you do with us and the whole reason we've done this at Life Outreach International for all these years with this program, Life Today, and the guests that we have on today, we want to bring you 
the water of life, right? The message of Jesus Christ. We want you to walk away refreshed and feeling more encouraged and more alive to go out and be who God has created you to be. And at the same time, we want to meet that practical need of that person who needs physical, literal water, right? This is all, this is the gospel in word, indeed. And that's why we, we hope, I pray that today's program impacts your soul and blesses your life. And then I pray that as Tammy asks, you will come alongside us and bless someone else's life. So please go to the phone, go online, make that best gift you can. Let's drill another well and another well and another well to reach another soul. Do it today. Every day, thousands of lives are lost to waterborne disease, and nearly half of those are children under the age of five. Through Mission Water for Life, you can give mothers hope and children a future as we provide clean, life-giving water for thousands of children and their families before it's too late. With your gift today, you can help drill and establish 350 water wells this year. Your gift of $24 will help provide clean water for five children A gift of $48 will help provide for $10, $72 will provide for $15, and $144 will help provide life-giving water for 30 people for a lifetime. With a gift of any amount, we'll send you Daughter, written by James and Betty's granddaughter, Lainey Renee. This insightful book invites all girls and women to walk in the freedom of their God-given identity and embrace who they really are. With your gift of $100 or more, you may request the Great is the Lord decorative blanket, featuring the words of Psalm 145.3. This beautiful blanket is perfect for comfort in cold weather and a reminder of your help with Water for Life. Finally, please consider a gift of $1,200 to help provide water for 250 people or a gift of $4,800 to help sponsor a complete well and request our new bronze sculpture, A Cup of Water, inspired by Jesus' words in Mark 9.41. Please call write or make your gift online. I hope you will go online or go to the phones and make the best gift you can. And when you do that today, if you will request Aaron's book, The Unfair Advantage, Tammy, I know it will bless people. It totally will. Like all of my questions, Randy, like he answered all of them. I didn't even have to say a word today, but that's how amazing you are. You have so much to say. Thank you. Talk about stewardship real quick. You know, Joseph is at a place where it seems like there's no purpose in it. He's working at Potiphar's house and yet he gave his best in that moment. And because he gave his best, even when he didn't see the result, God mm. blessed him. Hey. His timing's good. Trusting God means trusting his timing. That is so good. embrace his timing. That is good. You can take good. that with you. Be yes. blessed today and come back next time here on Life Today.
In a world where hard choices define our future, James Robison and Jay Richards present Fight the Good Fight, how an alliance of faith and reason can win the culture war. Our constitution trampled, heroes demonized, and the very essence of man and woman under attack. But in this chaos, a spiritual battle unfolds. Fight the Good Fight reveals the stakes, the preparation needed, and the unwavering truth that God is not finished with our nation. It's time to return to unshakable biblical principles and fight the good fight. Singer-songwriter Olivia Lane took a dark turn when she lost her voice and felt like she lost herself. Atheist to Amen Tomorrow. Life Today is made possible by the supporters of Life Outreach International. Your gift will be used exclusively for the exempt purposes of life. The ministry features specific outreaches as examples of the programs it supports and conducts. Gifts are considered to be without restriction as to use unless explicitly stipulated by the donor. The ministry is a member of the ECFA.